0: Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today I'm excited to bring you a great interview with William Harrell, who's president and CEO at Hampton Roads Transit in Virginia. And it's an amazing thing. Uh, William has been able to work with the Virginia legislature and during the midst of the pandemic was able to get a new source of dedicated funding from the state of Virginia. He talks all about that today, plus his move into electric vehicles and a lot more, I think you're going to love this and get some great information for your transit system on this episode of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Excited to be with you today with a good friend of mine, William Harrell, who's president and CEO of Hampton Roads Transit in the Norfolk Chesapeake area of Virginia. William, thank you so much for being here on our show. This is an awesome
1: uh, opportunity to get to share, which we don't always get to do as CEOs.
0: That's right. So uh, you and I have talked a lot, you know, several times in the past. I think when I was at MTA in Baltimore and, and since then, we've talked a few times. So tell me a little bit about your background, though. You've got a very great background. You and I share a similar background, being in county government management or city government management and then in transit. So tell us about your history, your career and how you ended up where you're at today.
1: Great question. 34 years in public service and I've enjoyed every minute. After completing a grad school at uh, the University of Virginia, I had the opportunity to join the city of Suffolk, which was a very kind of rural developing community. So I've had the opportunity to be in various roles in city government from a director of public utilities, which my goal was always to become a city manager. But I had an opportunity to get my hands dirty in an operational department. And while at the time I thought, is this going to get me off track of my long-term goal to be a city manager? Actually, that was one of the most beneficial and pivotal moments because it allowed me to understand how to develop a a capital budget, how to be customer service oriented, you name it. So what I thought was maybe getting me off track actually created a situation where I could be more hands-on which obviously is is something I get very involved now in the running of a transit agency. So I eventually progressed to a assistant city manager there in Suffolk and then went to Greensboro, North Carolina where I was an assistant city manager for 3 years and had the opportunity uh, to have strategic leadership over transit, as well as public utilities, public works, and all of the operational departments. And again, that was really an opportunity to understand how those major departments interface with customers and what have you. So after that experience, I ended up coming back to Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia, where I was a deputy city manager for five years or so. And then I had the opportunity to be the chief administrative officer for Uh, former governor and turned mayor, Doug Wilder, who was the first African-American mayor, actually governor of Virginia, and certainly played a major role as mayor of the city of Richmond, and then ended up coming back to my hometown in Chesapeake, Virginia, as city manager. And it was one of the council members that said, hey, look, HRT needs some strategic leadership. They need three things. They need someone with a good business sense, someone with honesty and someone with integrity the agency had had a challenge completing a major light rail project that was a hundred million dollars over budget they had an interim ceo that came in to help complete the construction of that but there was a lot of work that needed to be done on the bus side and really bringing the organization back together so that really was the impetus coming into transit in 2012, and it's been a wonderful eight-year ride, and we've accomplished some great things. I have a wonderful team, and there's a real significant opportunity here in Hampton Roads to improve public transit, and I'll be able to talk about that in a few minutes.
0: That's great. What a great story. What a great career story, William. So tell us some about the scope of what you oversee, how many buses, what the budget is, the area you cover, all that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. We are a mid-sized uh, transit agency, about 280 buses. We have uh, multiple modes. Uh, we have a ferry. You can see the, the markup oh, yeah. of that on the Elizabeth River between uh, the cities of Portsmouth uh, and Norfolk. We have a 7.4 mile light rail uh, starter line all in the city of Norfolk. We certainly hope that that will expand over the uh, upcoming years. I think we have that one displayed as well uh, on the walls here. We have paratransit, of course. We have a $100 million operating budget with the four major uh, sources being federal, state, the fare box. And what has been a challenge for us is that 45% of our operating budget comes from our member cities. So right now we really have a hodgepodge of bus services that make it very difficult to traverse around the region. It can take you literally two and a half, three hours to get somewhere that you can drive in 20 minutes because of the fact that you have cities funding Transit at different levels. We don't even have a consistent service day because of what the cities provide in terms of their budget limitations. So we're really pleased to talk about the fact that for the first time in the history of Hampton Roads Transit, the state legislature has designated some dedicated funds so that we can have a regional backbone system. So it doesn't matter whether you're in Newport News, Hampton. Or virginia beach the services start at 5 a.m and they'll go until midnight or 1 a.m that will certainly uh change i think the character of the system we basically uh, on the bus side uh, the predominant ridership is transit dependent and we need to do a better job serving them but then by adding 15-minute service during peak hours i think for the first time in the history of our agency Uh, We'll have the opportunity to bring in more choice riders who have the opportunity for various modes to get to where they
0: need to get. That's awesome. Now, so tell us the cities you serve. And then I'd also be interested to hear since you're in Norfolk, there's a big naval base there. And so, how do you interact with that?
1: Yes. Basically, we serve the six largest cities in Hampton Roads. On the peninsula, we have Hampton and Newport News. On the south side, we have Virginia Beach. Uh, in Chesapeake, and uh, Norfolk and Portsmouth. So we have very different cities, Norfolk and Portsmouth being uh, more urban centers, Norfolk really still being the employment hub of the region. But we have Virginia Beach and Chesapeake that are more suburban but growing consistently. Tourism is a big deal here. And you've made mention to our largest employers, Naval Station Norfolk, over sixty. A 1,000 people go into the base every day. We have military facilities throughout Hampton Roads. And part of what we hope to do with a, a better core network of bus routes is to be able to provide consistent services to those major employers so that we can take cars off the roads and really provide the various benefits that transit provides to the community and to the environment.
0: And do you go right on to the base? Do your buses go right on to the Norfolk uh, Naval Base?
1: Yes, they do. And they come in, security comes and makes sure some, some riders have to get off and wait for the bus if they don't have the appropriate credentials. We're also at the early stages of looking at how light rail can be extended through some various studies to see if uh, there's an opportunity to extend the tide to serve Naval Station Norfolk as one of the major employers. Also, as we have a number of shipyards, Newport News ship, and, and a lot of tourism from Williamsburg all the way to Virginia Beach. So there's those are the major pillars of our local economy, and certainly I've been working with the Chamber of Commerce to see how we can really utilize transit to help expand economic provisions of the region, because we've been to some extent, overly dependent on the military, and I think our regional leaders and I've been involved in numerous discussions with the chambers on both sides of the water, is how can we work with the private sector to begin to diversify and how we can better support our military here so that we can buoy our economic future as we look to recover from COVID-19.
0: Yeah, that's good. So you, all those cities, and how many employees do you have, William? I don't know if you mentioned that. It's like over a thousand, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, we write at about 1,100 employees with the bulk of those uh, being operators and mechanics. On the administrative side, we only have about 150 folks that uh, do the accounting work and planning and what have you. So we're a, a mid uh transit agency, but we really do have the opportunity, I think, to significantly Improve transit services. Because of the limitations that we currently have, only 2% of our region of 1.3 million people utilize transit. Wow. And we have to do a better job. Now, over the course of a year, we're providing over 14 million trips, but the bottom line is that we can do a much better job providing better service The majority of our routes are 30, 60 minutes of wait time. So if we can start to have 15-minute services uh, along your major corridors, I think we can really open things up and create a, a much more viable transit market to help serve and market this region.
0: Let's talk about that then. I know you had a big announcement recently with Governor Northam and a lot of your officials there. Tell us about what that was all about. You've been working on this for quite a while to get a dedicated funding source, et cetera, and clean vehicles and all that. I mean, you've got a lot happening right now at Hampton Roads Transit.
1: Yes, we really do. And I'm going to see how good I am from a technology standpoint. Hopefully, you can see this. Uh, Yes, it's sharing. It's good. This is uh, Governor Ralph Northam. He's a physician, and uh, he has been a major transit uh, supporter. We're very proud to to have his support. He signed legislation, and we had a ceremonial signing with key legislators uh, that were our champions here, Senator Louise Lucas, Delegate Askew from Virginia Beach. And we had five of the six mayors, that represent the service area in Hampton Roads that were there, which I think speaks to, for the first time, the development of a strategic plan and a regional vision for improving public transit. So we really do, I think, have a wonderful opportunity to change the face of public uh, transit in Hampton Roads. The other thing that you mentioned, and Paul, thank you for bringing this up, we have six electric buses that we purchased uh, from Proterra. We received a grant from the state and part of the VW settlement to do a pilot project of our busiest route from downtown Norfolk to the Virginia Beach oceanfront. That's our Route 20 that uh, runs along Virginia Beach Boulevard. We want to demo and pilot these new vehicles to see how they work in real world conditions. And our hope is that we will eventually be in a position to transition to more electric vehicles so that we can certainly uh, lessen the carbon footprint of transit in Hampton Roads.
0: That's awesome. Are there any other pictures you want to share with us? It looks like you got several cool ones there in your top bar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if there's anything else. This is uh, we're doing all sorts of new things today. I think this is the first time that uh, I've shared screens in a Zoom meeting. So <laughs> we're, we're just—I'm telling you—we're doing groundbreaking all kinds groundbreaking of barriers. things. Yes, <laughs> I will say there. this is a, a very good picture with Ralph Northam here, our governor, and we got a chance to share. Just my tenure here as the president and CEO of Hampton Roads Transit. And it uh, really gave us a chance to to enjoy the moment because we haven't had that opportunity here in Hampton Roads to have a real concise vision that has the buy-in of member cities. And the final picture I'll share is Senator Louise Lucas. Who was a major legislative champion? She patroned the bill on the Senate side. Delegate Askew from Virginia Beach did that on the House side, and uh, uh, that's something we hadn't had. The key legislative yeah. champions, and you have to have those to have uh, any level of success in this business. So that was a real blessing to have them step forward, and I think it's going to make a difference for people. Yeah, uh, so one tell of us the- Yes. What's
0: the impact of this new funding source? How, what are you going to do with all that, and, and how is it going to impact the passengers? That's a big problem across the country is agencies that don't have dedicated funding sources, that their budget comes from an annual city budget appropriation, and you're never really sure how much you're going to get because you're working to kind of compete for dollars against all the other sources that need to get money from that budget. So, So excited for you that you could get maybe dedicated state funding.
1: Yes. First of all, we really had a major community involvement campaign where we had small group workshops, What we've learned, and I know with your tenure, you were very, very active being a part of the community. We started having pop-up events. So instead of trying to bring people to you, let's go to where people are. And that was really, really helpful. Over 1,200 folks were involved in that. And we did a regional survey. We had the public meetings throughout the region. And we had a regional advisory committee, which had business and civic leaders. And we made sure when we did that is that we had leadership from both the peninsula and the south side. I don't mind telling you that over the years, sometimes there's competition. Is the south side working with the north side. So we thought it was important to have Mayor Tuck from Hampton and Mayor John Rowe from Portsmouth, Virginia, that co-led the effort. And I think that really helped to build a cohesive business community and vision that really helped us be successful at the General Assembly. We developed a 10-year planning horizon for our strategic plan. The state gave us some money in order to pull the document uh, together. For the first time, we got our commission to support something that wasn't a part of our existing service level we need regional standards. People need to be able to depend on public transit to get to work in the various appointments. So basically, standards were created that whether you're in Hampton or Portsmouth, what to expect in terms of service levels. So what we intend to do is to initiate a regional backbone a set of routes that have 15 minute service during peak times, and that's something that is unprecedented in this uh, region. These are the major 13 routes from the urban areas of Granby Street all the way to Jefferson Avenue on the peninsula. I think the key piece is the chart next to the routes, which points out the fact that based on our current footprint, we serve roughly a population area of 181,000 with 13 routes in place, and we're going to phase them in over many years. But uh, once those 13 routes are in place, we will serve a population of 487,000. That's a, a 169% increase. On the job side, right now, our market share is about 137,500 jobs. We will have 127% increase in that to roughly 312,500,000 uh, jobs. So this is a revolutionary change in how we do business. And I'm just thankful to be part of uh, the leadership team, uh, a very supportive board that is working with me hand in hand to make this happen for our region.
0: And, and do you have an estimate of how much money that that will bring into your call first, uh, with this new state uh, funding?
1: Yes. Right now, the state appropriated $20 million annually from recordation taxes. So we can count on that. Uh, there's also some a, a 6% grantor's tax, which, you know, depending on housing sales, Uh, That will be cyclical, if you will. And then uh, finally, there is a transit occupancy tax, which is a hotel and motel tax that won't go into place until May of 2021 because of the slowdown of hotel rooms as a result of COVID-19. The estimates are that when everything is fully loaded, it will be an annual uh, amount of uh, approximately $31 But initially, coming out of the gates, it's going to be about $20 million, and we're hoping that will grow over time. So when you look at a $100 million operating budget, this is substantial, and these yes. are the kind of resources that uh, are truly needed for us to be a
0: transformational agency. So excited for that region. As, as I mentioned to you earlier, that's where I was born and was reared as a young child, was in the Chesapeake, Virginia, Norfolk area. So I'm so happy you're getting this dedicated funding to serve the people there. What is your game plan to implement that? Right, now that you've kind of done all these hearings and got all the public uh, feedback, do you have the routes already laid out? Are you ready to pull the trigger? And when will that happen?
1: Great question. I would say that I laugh with my senior team as we look at this thing. We say we were the proverbial dog chasing the car. Now we've caught the car. Now what do you do? So, <laughs> right. so we spent so much time obviously getting ready and and doing the detailed reporting. I have my chief of planning and development, Riama Russo, and Sybil Pappas, who's my chief of engineering and facilities, co-leading a team which is really putting the meat on the bones. We plan on uh, beginning on the peninsula. We thought that that would be a strategic move to support the peninsula which doesn't have any 15-minute service today. So uh, the fact that we're looking at major routes along the peninsula, we think speaks very well of this is a regional effort and we want to begin on the peninsula side. We are working with another regional agency as the Hampton Roads Accountability Commission that does roads, bridges, and tunnels construction. Uh, VDOT does the work. They actually are the funding mechanism. The state chose to funnel, funnel the funding through them. So we are working on a memorandum of understanding with them in order to provide the details of how money will flow from HR HRTAC to Hampton Roads Transit. So we have a ton of work ongoing. We anticipate that The actual purchase of additional buses, we want to get our first application in by the end of the year, because as you well know, it takes 18 months to get new buses. We need new equipment. We need new shelters. We need new technology. So we're really looking at 2022 early 2023 for the beginning of getting those routes in on the peninsula. We've got a lot of pre-work to do. So what we've done is we're going to have a comprehensive communications plan because we want to make sure the community knows that we're not just sitting on money. We have to do the appropriate planning and instrumentation to get the actual system in place. So we are working profusely around the clock to, to be in a position to start ordering and showing the community that we are a good investment and that public transit will help Hampton Roads begin to recovery to recover from the challenges uh, of the pandemic.
0: Congratulations to you William that in in a in a time when the nation is under a pandemic you were able to get new funding for public transportation I mean what leadership I hope your board gave you a good pat on the back for that I mean that is amazing.
1: It it truly is and uh, I'm a man of faith. I do a lot of uh, praying, and this kind of role keeps you pretty (laughs) humble. (laughs) So just really thankful that we were able to pull together the coalitions. Uh, It's nothing but a miraculous situation all the way around, and I have a lot of folks to thank, from our board to the legislators to a staff that is absolutely cohesive. We are family. We fuss We have differences of opinion, but we always come together for the good of our customers. So uh, we're thankful for that.
0: That's wonderful. Well, we're going to um, stay in touch. And once you get all these new routes going, we'd love to have you back on in a year or two once you get things rolling and tell us how the planning process went, how the implementation process. It's really a national model, what you've got going on there, where you're serving such a broad area and you've been able to get an additional funding source to allow you to expand to go to what we call high-frequency service, which is headway management, which is so different than the time point management. But it really is, in my opinion, one of the three tools that transit agencies that are successful are doing, and that you know, is they're rebooting their bus network to take people where they want to go today to get them to where the jobs are today, which is what exactly you've done. Then they're adding in frequency, and then they're reducing friction which is anything will slow the bus down. So that's transit signal priority, bus only lanes, offboard fairing, anything you can do to do that. Those are the three silver bullets that are really making improvements in transit across the world. And you're right in the middle of it. And now you've actually got extra state funding to make it happen. Congratulations, William.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you and hopefully we'll be in a position to roll out exactly what is happening. And we are focused on those three silver bullets because that's absolutely critical in this new environment.
0: Thank you. And thank you so much for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. We look forward to watching your progress over the years. Congratulations on your great success. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.